1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. I'm Dr.
1: Sanjay Gupta.
2: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, every day at this hour. 877 on fox is the phone's phone number. 877 on fox Got a chance to go to the Clippers jazz game last night. No, I didn't take Ryan Music. We just met, right? I was like, basketball gym is my home. That's like bringing you back to my house on the first date, right? Like, nah, it's too early. It's too early. I don't know. Like, listen, this is a true story. I did not kiss my wife until the third date. Hmm? I just knew I'm something different about this girl. I'm not saying I didn't kiss all girls until the third date. I'm saying I didn't kiss my wife until the third date. So the, the good thing, music, is that just because I did not bring you to one of my homes away from home, a basketball arena, Staples Center, to watch the Jazz take down the Clippers... It doesn't mean that this relationship won't last the test of time. Maybe it means there's something special about the relationship. But that, to be, that could be it. I want to be very careful about how much I show you of. And of you know what, Doug? Life. I'm a classy guy. Maybe yeah. I might have turned you down. You never know. That's uh, not uh, not actually because true. you know what? You that's never a, actually asked. That's true. I never actually asked. I didn't ask Ramos. I didn't ask Buyer. I didn't ask uh, Scotty Shapiro or Don Martin or any of the or any of the uh, any of the other people that that work with us here that I've known all of two days or three days now at uh, Fox Sports Radio. 877 fox is the phone number. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Gottlieb Show. And I hope you are listening either on Sirius XM Channel 83. Uh, the iHeart app works, I was told, quite well. And if you miss any of the show, the podcast is available just about when the show is done. It's available on iTunes. You can just go to our Facebook page, like our Facebook page. We tweet it out every day. So we got a lot of different ways in which, and we appreciate you listening to this show, however you're listening to this show. So I went to the Clippers jazz game. There's a bunch of things that I thought like the the Clippers were down 10 hitting in the fourth quarter. And there was a guy that was like, I want my money back. Right. Then the game's tied with like four minutes to go. Timeout called. And he's going crazy. Like "Yeah, CP three. And part of what it, part of what it shows me is fans are just that fans are short for fanatics. There's a difference between fan and expert. But let me try to explain what happened in Oklahoma City. What's happening with the Clippers? What happens so oftentimes when you're missing one piece? Oklahoma City loses last night to the Houston Rockets. Their season is over. And everyone's rightfully pointing out that statistically they were a better team when Russell Westbrook was on the floor and where they lost was when Russell Westbrook was off the floor. Here's the simple plus minus. There's an 18-point difference between Westbrook on the floor, Westbrook off the floor. That is simple, and that is obvious, and it does point to the fact that their bench isn't as strong as it could or should be, and that they were never really able to figure out how to get scoring when he wasn't on the floor. On the other hand, look, Russell Westbrook took 18 threes last night and hit five of them. There are not a lot of teams that can win in the NBA when their best player on the road shoots 18 threes and only hits five of them. But what happened in Oklahoma City is what you thought would happen in Oklahoma City. right? Like you take Kevin Durant off the team, you're not just taking essentially 30 points and eight rebounds off the floor. You're completely changing the pecking order. This is what's really, really important. I said this uh, two years ago when Jordy Nelson went down with that devastating ACL injury. You remember that, Jordy Nelson? In the preseason, nobody touched him. He goes running across the field and he collapses because his ACL tore. You guys remember that? And I was like, man, I have never been a big buyer into the rest of the Green Bay uh, Packers wide receivers. And I know there's been some improvement, uh, especially going back to last year. But the big thing was, it completely changed the pecking order of who was the number one guy, who was the number two guy. And that might not be important to you, but in the reality of sport, the reason this show is different. Will I, will I paint you some real-life analogies the way the cowherd does? Sure. Will we try and give you some of the best interviews in all the sports radio? Absolutely. I, I can't tell you that I'll match the quantity and quality of Dan Patrick. He's as good as anyone who's ever done it. Will I give you the, the strong opinions of Clay Travis? Sure, but it won't focus on who's left and who's right wing and SEC football. And we definitely won't be talking about Nashville Predator hockey. What I can tell you is, whatever level you think I played, I got a little a, a different level of knowledge because having been an actual athlete than other guys have. I don't think anybody could argue with that. And what people in sports know but do a poor job of sharing with you as the consumer is, Yes, losing your number two guy, your number three guy is devastating. Everybody can see it when your number one guy goes down. But but teams are put together. We have it's all kind of a jigsaw puzzle, right? And so when. um, When Jordy Nelson went down, now all of a sudden that changed the dynamic of the wide receivers for the green Bay Packers so much so that it became incredibly obvious that they would have an inferior season to what everybody thought. It's like, you didn't just lose Jordy Nelson. You moved guys up above their level. Suddenly now, uh, remember they had that was when they had James Jones playing. Remember he had James Jones have the, had the, have the, had the hoodie underneath his uniform and James Jones had played for a couple of different teams that same year. Randall Cobb was is a really good player, but you know what he wasn't? He wasn't a number one wide receiver. So he had 80 catches, but he had a lot. He had 130 targets far and away the most of his career. Randall Cobb is best as a number two. Devontae Adams was great as a number three. But when Devontae Adams had to be a two and Randall Cobb had to be a one, the Green Bay Packers weren't good enough. That's what happened in Oklahoma City. You take away the lead dog in Kevin Durant, who demands not just a man guarding him, but the best defender guarding him, and he requires help. Like you got it's it's what I call a guy and a half. You gotta guard him with the guy who's guarding him and with at least half of another man. Then you have Russell Westbrook, who also commands a man and a half. And that would have had Kevin Durant committed to coming back to the Oklahoma City Thunder, that would have made Victor Oladipo far more effective. That would have made Steven Adams far more effective. That would have made Ennis Cantor far more effective. And so while people are pointing out, hey, all those three guys had crummy seasons, they had disappointing seasons, whereas Russell Westbrook is the MVP, what they're missing is it was all constructed in a proper plan of Durant as the lead dog, Russell Westbrook as the 1B to the 1A, and then everything else, Victor Oladipo would have been really good as the third or fourth best player. Put him as the second best player, it was a disaster. Same thing happened with the Clippers last night. Right, the Clippers' best player is Chris Paul. Right, but who's their second best offensive player? You might think that Blake Griffin has underachieved based upon his potential. That'd be fair. But if he's your second best player offensively, you got a pretty good team. And that'll that would have allowed JJ Redick to be the third best player or just a shooter at the offensive end which creates space for Chris Paul, space for Blake Griffin, space for DeAndre Jordan. But now when you're down a man, now all of a sudden JJ Redick's the only other guy who can make a shot from the perimeter or you have to start Jamal Crawford And so when people say the Clippers bench stinks, and it did, in fact, stink last night, well, that's because the best weapon the Clippers have off their bench is Jamal Crawford, and now he has to be a starter. Everything's are put together just so. And between the salary cap limiting how much talent you can have and the fact that many of these teams are top-heavy in their salaries— only the Warriors are constructed in in just such a way to which they can withstand not having Durant. But even without Durant, like, they didn't have Durant against a really good team, they would struggle in the playoffs too. You may not think Durant is as good as you thought he was in Oklahoma City, but he will be as important to the team because that's how this Golden State Warriors team is constructed. That's how it's constructed. I mean, Draymond Green, for example, like, look, Draymond Green right now gets to be the fourth or fifth option offensively. And while I can tell you he's incredibly important to what they do. If Draymond Green had to be the second option, people always say, well, you put Draymond Green on another team, he'll be a start. And like, no, he wouldn't. He would get more opportunities. He would score more points. He wouldn't be as effective. They wouldn't win as much. He's in the perfect role for his skill set. This world is about fit more than it's about talent. Right? Teams succeed, businesses succeed, families succeed because of life. Because of life succeeds because of fit more so than talent. Right? Like I started by saying I didn't mar- I didn't kiss my wife until the 3rd date. My wife and I have been married for 16 and a half someone's 16 16 and a half years August I don't know what, what month is it I have literally no idea what month it is. it's April but it's like look I'm not for everybody. There's just a fit in our personalities. Everybody loves her. not everybody loves me. We fit together quite well that way right in in many ways life is kind of like a Jenga puzzle, right? There are certain pieces you can pull out and things can wobble a little bit, but stay together. You may think that Blake Griffin is not as good as he should be, but, dude, you pull that Jenga piece of Blake Griffin off off the L.A. Clippers and now all of a sudden Jamal Crawford's the start of the bench, stinks. J.J. Reddick's got to create his own shot. And, dude, that Jenga Jenga thing that you've been playing all season long, I don't know if you guys realize this, Blake Griffin got hurt this year, correct, didn't he? CP3 C- C- got hurt this year. Does anybody realize they actually won more games in the Oklahoma City Thunder? It's like crazy. Like people, but you pull that Blake Griffin Jenga piece off, and it's coming down. It's coming down. The same thing happens when with with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Look, can we talk about how disappointed those guys are? Sure. Can we talk about the trash talk between Patrick Beverly, who once upon a time mistakenly hurt Russell Westbrook in the playoffs? Absolutely. Can we talk about how much better James Harden's pieces fit around him? Yeah. And, And in fairness to Sam Presti, fairness to Sam Presti, he was constructing the team thinking like everybody else, Kevin Durant's coming back. And when Kevin Durant didn't come back. Whether you want to go Jenga puzzle or you just want to go, if you're a house guy, you can appreciate this. Like, dude, it does. If you go and redo a house, but the bones are bad, it doesn't matter. You're gonna have a problem in the end. If the roof roof is leaking, like you can redo the kitchen, the bathroom. Once it rains, the roof leaks. Like your house is gonna smell like mildew. That house was poorly constructed because it was constructed with the idea in mind that Kevin Durant would be the one or one B player on your roster. So I'd love to say there's some, something analogous to life, and there is a little bit about fit, but part of it is teams are put together based upon trying to fit these Jenga puzzle, these pieces together, the puzzle pieces together, and you, when you remove one, you can jam things in and get it done, but the playoffs are who you really are. It always has been that way in the NBA. It really is that way in the National Football League, and for the most part, it's like that in all sports.
0: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Let's welcome in Big Baby Glenn Davis, who, of course, played for Doc Rivers, both with the Celtics and the Clippers. As we react to, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, Glenn, if if they were a super team, but I, I always, I've always thought, I know the Warriors have dominated them in the regular season. But I've always thought that if there was a team that could compete with the Warriors or at least make it sticky for the Warriors to get through to the Cavs, like that's the team. They got rim protection. Uh, you know, obviously Blake Griffin, whatever you think of Blake, like that's a dude, if he's your second best player offensively, you got a pretty good team. And C- and CP3 is a dynamic point guard. You can stretch the floor with JJ Redick, but everything has to be just so how much of their lack of success thus far against the jazz is because of injury, how much of it is because of the fact that that maybe they're just not as good as the names would tell you they're supposed to be?
3: It's a lot of things, man. But I would have to say one of those things, definitely the chemistry. People think that, you know, these guys, you know, get along really, really well. And, you know, you can tell the the dysfunctional, you know, uh, family atmosphere that they got going on over there. And it's and it's starting to show, you know, um, especially with the the injuries and, and and you look at the frustration, you know, of Chris Paul, you know, the, this last game, and I've never seen him like that. And you can kind of tell, you can see that, hey, this ship is 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 on its way to sinking.
2: So you mentioned chemistry. There's always been talk that he and Blake don't get along. How accurate is that talk?
3: It's it's like they get along, but. On the court, they don't really get along. You know, um, Chris, you know, is a a guy who likes to have the ball in his hand a lot. Blake is a guy who who thinks he needs the ball in his hands a lot. And you can just tell that, hey, these guys don't really see eye to eye. And it's showing out on the court. And also with them not even – you know, coming together. Then also, you got problems with the with the coach, who 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 really don't know what's going on. He's trying to figure it out, and he's trying to you know, you know, force it in there, and it's it's not going to work.
2: Okay, so so why did it? Glenn Davis joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Why did it work with the Celtics? Like, look, you guys had really strong personalities there. I mean, you did. Like Kevin, there's no stronger personalities than Kevin Garnett. Like he can be he can be tough. Uh, Ray's a different cat as you know and I think people have come to learn Paul Pierce is a different that was kind of his domain he had to welcome other guys in and then Rondo's a guy that hasn't really worked anywhere else except for those years and I would grant you he was younger so maybe he didn't have the voice but he's not the easiest guy to get along with uh, based upon all these other places he's been why did it work in Boston
3: the reason why I worked in Boston first of all I'm gonna to have to say we got to start from the top. The owner, wake he. The owner made those say, "Hey, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna make it work." And then from then on, everybody fell in. And then one of the most important people that fell in from the top to the bottom of the totem pole was the leaders. Kevin Garnett, self giving himself up. Even though he know Ray Allen's a different guy, as we all know, because you know, Ray Allen left, there was problems. But he made it work. He rubbed Ray the right way. So guess what? Ray can love where he's at, love what he's doing, and that's why in 08, we did we did we did everything all the other big threes tried to do, is went on their first year. And we did that because of Kevin Paul self giving themselves up, you know, being patient with Rondo you know, your players got to police your team and the Clippers really don't have a leader right now. I, hmm. I, I, I really think that they well, don't have a leader.
2: That's, that's, that's really interesting. Maybe, and maybe their toughest player is CP three and the big guys are just a little bit too nice. Is it like, whereas Kevin, Kevin Garnett's got, got a mean streak. Uh, you know, you guys had there was Perk was there for a while as well. He's obviously kind of got a nasty side. He's got some toughness to him. You weren't afraid to get under people's skin, whereas it, it feels like they got a bunch of nice dudes, and the only guy who's got, you know, even even Paul Pierce has got got a different side to him. Whereas only Paul, only only Chris Paul has that kind of nasty streak in comparison to his teammates. Is that a is that a fair perspective?
3: Yeah. yeah. I think Chris Paul does have a nasty streak as far as just going out there and competing every day. But I think the guys that are dealing with all the mayhem with Doc and then also with Chris rubbing the players the wrong way, yeah nobody's happy to play there. I feel like DeAndre Jordan has checked out. $21 million, right, this year. And you got to give me more right now. And if it's not on offense, it's on defense. And, and the, you see a lot of things that are happening. J.J. played late last game. You know, kudos to J.J. But at the end of the day, he even needs help to create shots. Oh, you know? of, course, of
2: course he does. Well, that's the other thing is you take, you take Blake off, and now all of a sudden he has to be your second best offensive player, yeah. and J.J. just doesn't have that in him.
3: He just don't. He just don't. Great player, great guy, great yep. character guy, but he's not a guy say, said, hey, come on, create and give me 20 a game. It's not going to happen.
2: Uh, last, last thing, you watch what happened to Oklahoma City. Uh, obviously, they're not the same without Durant. But how much of it is they're just not constructed in a way that they can match up with the Rockets and the Rockets' style?
3: They can't play with the Rockets. We all know that. But my thing is just the fact that, this. yeah, those triple-doubles with Westbrook are great. But it, it disables your team because now when you need them in the playoffs, they're nowhere to be found and now you're gasping for air in the fourth quarter because you didn't took so many shots because you didn't rely on your teammates in the regular season. And when it's time to perform in the playoffs, you're not going to get nothing out of them. You expect them to, 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 to make these points or help you out. Like, you didn't, you, you got to give them an opportunity to get those reps, buddy. So yeah. pass the ball. Give it up. Know when to do and pace yourself. That's my thing, pace yourself.
2: Can any of these teams in the West beat the Warriors?
3: No. No. You know, the only team I see having a chance, you know, is Spurs. But right now, LaMarcus Aldridge is not playing LaMarcus Aldridge basketball. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't play and make, make himself assertive on the block in this playoff, you know, Golden State is, is going to run through the West.
2: Glenn, great great stuff. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate your perspective and being our guest on Fox Sports Radio.
3: All right. Thanks for having me, man. All
2: right, that's uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Hey.
0: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Lynch and the Raiders have reached an agreement on a two-year contract. According to league sources, he's at the Raiders training facility. Uh, that, Assuming he passes, the Raiders and the Seahawks are expected to finalize a swap that could send Lynch to his hometown of Oakland. So he's unofficially a member of the Raiders, yet he still is a... Um, like the Seahawks, if they wanted to, they could screw this thing up and go like, nah, we're trading for a first-round pick. The problem with Marshawn Lynch is like, when was the last time he had a great year? 14? Right? He had four straight seasons of 1,200 yards or more. That was 2014 was the last year he had one of those great years. This is three years later. So do I think he fits with the culture of Oakland? Yeah. Do they need a running back? Sure. Could he be modestly effective? Absolutely. I don't think he could be a workhorse running back. And having missed an entire year, like the question with the question with over 30 running backs is always one, they're not as good and two, they break down. So he had been breaking down previous, but he's had a year away from the sport. Does his body become more resilient towards breaking down or is it more likely to break down because he's had a year away from football? The answer to this is we we just don't know. We just don't know. It'll be fascinating to watch. And I'm sure they got him on the cheap. And I think it's I think it's more than a little bit interesting, more than a little bit interesting that uh uh that this deal has been made and no trade has officially been reached. But the idea that that Marshawn Lynch is going to be the same guy he was over three seasons ago, like the Marshawn Lynch running through the Saints six seasons ago. Like if you think that's who Marshawn Lynch is, like either he's gonna rob Father Time. Now, the other interesting part to it is because he was retired, like could you take a year off and not that he's using steroids or PEDs, but couldn't you have loaded up on him? They weren't drug testing him. I don't to me this is like it's gonna be fascinating for a guy to take that much time away.
0: hmm Excuse you, fine, sir. This is the Doug Gottlieb show.
2: Funny that you bring up Eric Thames. That we bring up Eric Thames. So I, I, I think I told you guys I went down and had breakfast with my boy Brian Anderson, who works for, among other people, Turner, calling the, uh, calling the NBA playoffs. He called the Clippers Jazz game last night. He also calls the Brewers games. He's like, dude, have you seen Thames hit? That's what we talked about last night, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I've seen the highlights. He's like, he's unbelievable. He's the best story in baseball. I was like, is he? Is he? So, um. Eric Thames hit another home run last night, correct? And he another one last night. And the best part about Thames is the fact that he did answer the elephant in the room head-on. This was Eric Thames. After the game.
1: You know, this whole thing is surprising to me as well. Um, you know, like I really have no goals for this year. You know, I wasn't, I'm not trying to break any records or set anything, or I just want to apply what I learned in Korea to see how it would fare here. And, you know, so I'm shocked at all the results. I'm just here to, to play ball and um, do my best to stay healthy and stretch as so much as I can.
3: Um, so,
2: yeah, so if people keep thinking I'm on stuff. Like, I'll, I'll be here every day. I have, I have lots of blood in Europe. He has lots of blood in Europe. It's a great, great line. Eric Dames is 30 years old. Now, for the record, he was awesome in Korea. He was so good good in Korea, he had 129 home runs in like 326 games. You do the math, That those are insane numbers. They actually had a home run song that translates roughly into Eric Thames hits the ball really, really far. Like, he is a legend in Korea. But he's 30 years old, and during his uh, previous seasons in Major League Baseball, so this is counting. In his previous seasons, he had hit what was it? Uh, two years in Toronto, he had 15 home runs. One year in Seattle, he hit six. So far in Milwaukee, through 20 games, he's hit 11 home runs. <laughs> so look, I don't blame Thames, and he's. I hope he's clean. I do. Now look, he's built like a guy that spent a ton of time in the weight room. He's had some remarkable weight gain. The fact is, some dudes do find fitness later on in life. Like, I'm willing to at least go, like, is it possible that he added a bunch of strength? Sure. Sure. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Fitness has changed. If you like, if you get if you're dusted out of Major League Baseball in 2012 and you're in your mid-20s, somebody's like, hey man, you have no power. You got to get in the weight room. The question becomes his ability to get in the weight room and change his body. So uh, obviously did he do it? El natural or did he do it using illegal substances? And to me, it's not about what you do out of the shoot. It's what you do. The thing about steroids and, or PDs in general is they don't, do they help you grow more muscle? They can. And please stop with the, it doesn't help you hit a baseball. Like, Hey, when was the last time somebody went on a 60-home-run chase since we took PEDs out of baseball? Remember that? Like, it may not help you hit a baseball. It may not help you. You may think it doesn't help you hit a baseball far, but every number would tell you that you're wrong. Since steroid testing, we're not having guys march towards 60. We're sure as hell not having anybody get towards 70. And it's not like guys are lifting weights less now. Like, oh, they stopped lifting. Yeah, okay. Training's gotten worse the past 10 years. So am I willing to concede that he may have, he, he's changed his body? Sure.
0: Guys do. This is the Douglas Eugene Godley show. And now <laughs> What does the Fox say? Sing, 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 sing. All
2: right, the idea is this: Fox Sports Radio, I think, has the best lineup in all of national radio, not just up until me, but after me. Uh, from Steve Gorman, JT The Brick, all the way to Ben Muller. We got talented people that all have their takes on the topics of the day. Take a listen to what my man Clay Travis, I'll kick the covers of Clay Travis early in the morning had to say in regards to the NBA's MVP race.
0: LeBron James the best player in the world, okay? And uh, if you want to say that the best player in the world should be the MVP every year, I certainly can understand that argument. If you don't want to say that, then I think the next step you should go to is say, okay, let's go look at every player on every team and think about what that team would be like if you took him off. And to me, the MVP is the player, if you're going to use that category whose team would drop off the most if you removed him, right? Literally, the most valuable player should be the guy that if you take him off of his team, then they fall apart without him.
2: Yeah, if if that's the case, uh, not only would Westbrook's Thunder fall apart, but I, I think that James Harden and the Rockets, like, who are you replacing them with? Are you just taking them completely off the team? And by the way, like, we make this out to be like the Cavs have no talent. They have Kyrie Irving. They have Kevin Love. They have Tristan Thompson. And while you can say, uh, look, last time he left, they went from a 61 win team to a, like a, you know, a 19 win team or something ridiculous like that. Like, look, they fired the coach. They got rid of, you know, all the, they got rid of many of the players they had loaded up to try and win for one year to try and woo him to keep him. It was a completely different roster. It's, if that's, if your assessment of value is what would the team be like without him? and Then obviously that does that means Kevin Durant couldn't have uh, won the MVP this year, um, and uh, you know Kawhi Leonard. What would the Spurs be like? Wh- how good's LaMarcus Aldridge? How good would that team be? If you take the best player off any team, they're gonna, they're going to struggle. Some teams are comprised differently. Uh, that's where you that's where you take the word literally too literally. Did you know that they changed the definition of the word literally in the dictionary? You guys know that. That literally actually means figuratively because of how people misuse literally so often. But if you take the word valuable literally, then yeah, LeBron James or Russell Westbrook or I guess Kawhi Leonard are more valuable than Steph Curry and Draymond Green. I mean Draymond and and Kevin Durant. Like they could never win a title. But one, we're undervaluing just how good Kyrie is, Kevin Love can be. And two. Like it's not—it's never been about true value, just hasn't. Um, I don't think the Rockets are great or even good without James Harden, but it's an impossible metric to compare him with Russell Westbrook, him with LeBron James. It just isn't. The MVP is the best, the Player of the Year award, who had the best regular season, and to, and to me, I would have said James Harden because his team was way better than we thought, and James Harden had a great year. And while Russell Westbrook's triple-doubles have the players' hearts, and I I would go with the players, um, Harden would be my player of the year. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity
0: QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.